0: everybody. December, it's Christmas. Uh Uh-huh. So, some of you guys, oh, that's coming. Some of you guys are probably here and and you're excited to see the decorations and you've been here for October. You're listening to Christmas music and, and this is just your time of year and there's a few of us that are like, okay, maybe we should get the tree maybe on the 15th. We'll take it down on the 26th. That's me. We have a little civil war going on in my house. I lost. We've been decorating. The kids have been listening to the music. It's it's crazy town at our house. All about Christmas. But in December, this month, we are going to have a sermon series, the Advent, the Advent of Christmas. And so we're going to do the next few weeks. We're going to Look at, at, at Jesus, the birth of Jesus, and, and, and just look at different things of, about leading up to Christmas, things on hope, which is what we're going to talk about today. Faith and joy. And we're going to end on peace on Christmas Eve. But I, I, we're going to get back to Acts. And we're going to start that back in January. There's a lot of fruit from that series. We're going to keep at it. But, but we just wanted to pause just for a second and, and look, look at Jesus here in the next few weeks uh, through the eyes of hope and peace and joy and faith. And speaking of hope, uh, we've, we've announced a couple of weeks ago about our, our Project Restore. A lot of people, you guys have been given generously. The community has been given generously. I can say that we have raised over $100,000 for Project Restore. And that is awesome. Uh, So every year what we do is we try to find a need and meet it in the month of December. And so Project Restore is going to be that as well. So our, our, we usually have a giving tree, but what we're going to ask is if you would like to give extra beyond your tithe and offering, we're going we're to put all that money to Project Restore. Now, in the past, what we've done is we found a single mom or something that that, that, it, that wouldn't have Christmas if, if we didn't step in. And, and we decided we're going to do Project Restore this time, but, but that is also our heart for a church. So if you know a family that... Wouldn't have Christmas unless someone stepped in. We, we want to be that church that steps in. So can you contact us? Email admin at nsebellingham.com. Let us know about that. But we have a very generous donor. So for today through next Sunday, every dollar that's donated to Project Restore, we're going to match dollar for dollar up to $50,000. So thank you for that. God is working. And uh, we're going to help a lot of people with their homes. So the advent of hope. We're gonna talk about hope, and, and I believe that is something that this world desperately needs right now. I think this county needs that right now. But before we unpack hope, we, we should really understand what advent really means. So advent is, is what we look at in the next few weeks as we lead up to, to Christmas. And, and, and what we do is we look at with anticipation about the arrival of Jesus, so that's what Advent, the word Advent means. It means arrival. And so what we do is, is we're gonna spend through the lens of hope and joy and peace and love, we're gonna look at the arrival of Jesus. And we look back at, at the first arrival, which was when he was, was born in a manger in Bethlehem. And, and we look at the birth of Jesus with, with excitement and gratitude and joy. But I also think that what we could do is also look ahead to the upcoming arrival of Jesus. Amen. The second coming. And I believe that that some of us, and myself included, can actually grow in that area of being ready and excited and expectant of the return of a savior. I mean, you, you think about a kid at Christmas time and on Christmas Eve, he's he's joyful, he's excited, he's he's so happy for the day and, and everything that's going around. But but his excitement is really rooted in what's happening tomorrow. That's what gets him excited. His excitement for today is about the expectation of tomorrow. And I think that a lot of us can kind of borrow from that illustration and live our lives like that today as Christians. But sometimes we live the opposite. A lot of us, we live with no excitement today and, and very little hope for tomorrow. And so we're going to get into that a little bit more. But, but as Christians, that, that shouldn't be our story. Continually living defeated and... and demoralized or upset or just with no contentment at all no hope but I think we would have hope if we understood exactly what was coming to us if we knew what tomorrow really brought I mean if you're a follower of Christ here this morning I want to read something that's awaiting you and if you're here and, and you were brought here under protest, or you're a skeptic, or you don't identify as a follower of Christ, I want to say, if you're watching on, online or, or here this morning, that this could be your tomorrow as well. But Revelation 21.4, take this in because this is, what's, this is your tomorrow. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither there shall be mourning, no crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. This is why we can have hope today. This is why we can be excited today and expectant and looking forward to the return of a Savior. See, the effects of sin, things like sorrow and pain and death and sickness and guilt and shame, that can be all gone forever because that's what's going to happen for us. That's why we're celebrating Advent and that's why we, have a, we can celebrate an arrival because Advent really is about past, present, and future. It's, it's remembering the birth of Jesus that happened in the past, but it's also welcoming God into our lives today in a present. And then we look forward with expectation for the return of our Savior. So through that lens, we're gonna talk about hope. And what, what are you hopeful for this Christmas season? See, our hearts are long long for hope. And so what are you hopeful? Some of us, we just want what's on our Christmas list. We hope we get that. I hope my kids will come home this year. Some of you, I hope that that, that maybe I get a bonus at the end of the year so I can buy some presents for people that I love because it's been a really tight year. Some people, they hope that my grandma isn't lonely, or my dad stays sober, or or my friend will come to church with me, or, or the house will just be full of people for the first time in a long time. But the thing about Christian hope, with biblical hope, hope doesn't equal happiness. That's two different things. See, happiness is fragile. And I could tell you a story the last couple weeks about the fragile of happiness. See, I was It was the day after Thanksgiving, and I had my family around me. My son and my daughter was home from Florida, and my wife was here, and we were in the living room, and I turned on the TV, and I watched the Apple Cup. (laughs) Historically, not a very fun moment for me, but I watched that thing with pure joy and happiness this year. The Cougs beat down the Huskies. I was grinning ear to ear. It's been eight long years. And happiness was in the home of the Morgans. (laughs) Fast forward to Monday night football. The Seahawks are playing a team that doesn't have a name. And it looks like they forgot how to play the sport. And misery came to the Morgan house that night. Happiness is elusive. Our hope is not based on circumstance. The truth is we live in turbulent times and, and we have a global pandemic and we have political controversy closer to home. We have rainstorms and floods and, and people, houses are, 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 are destroyed. And at times like these, it seems like our emotions are, are, are just kind of going back and forth like in the waves. And, and it's like, and especially this time of year. November, December, the holidays, the highs seem so much higher and the lows are so much lower. Our ex- emotions are just extreme. And if we ever needed an anchor for our soul, this is the time. And I believe hope is that anchor. And how do you find hope when there's, things seem hopeless? Well, hopeless, hope, hope is not this worldly wish. It's not wishing that something will happen. But it's actually having that confidence, knowing that to, what tomorrow's going to bring. Because we can wish for a whole lot of things and things don't happen, right? We can wish for a whole lot of things and, and maybe they will and maybe they won't. But the, the biblical hope is the confidence that it will. So what do you wish for that, that doesn't happen? Let's just spitball something. Let's just try to pull something out of the air with not even thinking about it at all. Let's say you wish they would cancel the Hallmark Channel during Christmas. Now, I have been up here for many years. Every Christmas time, I say something negative about Hallmark. And I told myself I wasn't going to do it this year because, you know, every year, I mean, this year has been a tough year. If you like that stuff and that makes, lets you escape and it's fine. So I'm not going to say much. But <laughs> I wish that they would cancel the, the Hallmark channel during Christmas because here's the thing. And we all know the story. I mean, it's the same story done twenty different times a year. It's the the career woman in the big city. the CEO comes to the local small town farm thing and and she goes and she's there to save the family Christmas tree festival from being, destroyed or something i don't know and and so there's an unemployed plumber and the unemployed plumber really likes the girl and she doesn't like them for most of the time until the end when he actually she actually does she says will you marry me she says yes and the snow falls the dog barks and everybody giggles end of the movie every time don't you wish once they would just change the ending yes you do i do brandy Will you marry me? No. (laughs) Why would I marry you? I have worked my tail off going to school, building a career, building a life. I've come here. I've been here two weeks. Half of it, I didn't even like you. And you want me to marry you? You don't have a job. You have no initiative. And I'm here, and I built this life back here, and I'm supposed to leave it all for you. Marry you, I'll be homeless in a, in a year and a half. Yeah, but I'm sensitive. Take your sensitivity to Hagen, see how many bags of groceries you come out with. By the way, I forgot to tell you, sermon title for today There's no hallmark in heaven. It's a sermon of hope. Biblical hope is not wishful thinking. It's not optimism. It's not looking at life saying the glass is half full. Nothing wrong with that. But the glass is full. Psalm 62, five through six. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence for my hope is from him. He is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. My hope is from him. God, not other people, not my checkbook, not my job, not my friends, not my health. My hope is from God. It's much more than a desire or a wish. It's based on God's promises that are true for you today. It's based on the firm foundation that, that, that we have hope because we have faith. See, hope and faith go together. Hebrews 11:1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. See, faith and hope, they just go hand in hand. It takes faith to trust God in every circumstance that you're going through. good, bad or otherwise. It takes faith to trust God in the trials and in the uncertainty of tomorrow. But tomorrow's where hope is. Hope is that anchor. That keeps us steady through every circumstance of life, regardless of what's going on. In his book, The Hope Quote, and Ray Johnson has this illustration. He says, my daughter asked me, what's the single most important thing you do as a leader? And he answered her by saying, I stay encouraged. He says, why? Because if I'm not encouraged, eventually nothing else matters. If I'm not encouraged, I'm not the dad, the husband, the communicator, the person that I could be. Church, don't we have so many reasons to be encouraged? Don't we have so many reasons in this Bible to be encouraged today, no matter what's going on? what, What does it communicate to a world that doesn't believe in God, that the people that profess that they believe in God walk around just as discouraged as they are? We have so many reasons to wake up encouraged every single day. So Fred, if we could get Psalm 62 back up, it's the first, there we go. Uh, the last five words of that verse, I shall not be shaken, not shaken. But That's not the reality of a lot of us here this morning, is it? Some of you feel that lately your life, the last week, the last month, the last year, it's like someone picked you up like a snow globe or something and just, did this? And how can I have a hope in God that, that when God seems so distant, seems unresponsive, doesn't seem like He even cares about what I'm going through or what people in my life are going through? How can I have hope in that? Well, first of all, I think that, that we have to understand that putting, in, putting our hope in God is a choice, it's not a feeling, it's a decision, it's a decision of the will. It's decision that us saying that we're going to put our hope in God no matter what's going on in here, what's raging in here. Because our hope in God isn't dependent on situations. It's not something that, that we decide as long as God is doing what we want him to do, we're going to have our trust in him. But it is we are going to have made a decision to put our hope and our faith and our trust in God. But how do you calm the storms that are going on inside you during all this emotion and and frustrations of life? How do you do that? Well, I think Psalm 42 has the answer. It's Psalm 42, 5. It says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall praise him, my salvation. I shall praise him. What is he saying is, why am I feeling so discouraged? Why am I feeling so beat up? Why am I feeling so afraid? Why, why am I feeling this way? I need to hope in God. I need to praise him. He loves me. He cares for me. He has the best for me. Why am I feeling down? I need to start praising instead. Here's what this verse is saying. I need to choose to start focusing on the truth and not the trial. And church, where are your eyes? Where are you looking at? Where are your thoughts? Are you focused on the truth? Or are you focused on the trial? If your heart is peaceful, then you're focusing on the truth. But if you're feeling torment all over the, all the time, then I believe we're focusing too much on the trial. What you think might happen in your life, what do you think might happen in my life if we made this determined decision to praise God when things look dark and hopeless in our life. We're gonna praise him anyway. Because I tell you, there's power in praise. When you choose to praise instead of be down, and, and that's the key word, choose to. Again, it's a decision. But when we choose to rejoice instead of be angry and we choose to praise God instead of being fearful or continually disappointed, it's not only going to change your heart, but it's also going to change your circumstance. It gives you a gift and that gift is hope. On Tuesday, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, our daughter came home from Florida. And Brandy and I were talking and she said that she would go down and get her. So I can get some work done and then I could uh, just focus on her for the rest of the day, uh, the rest of the week, actually. So I, I worked that day and she was supposed to land at one thirty. at 1 o'clock. I get a call from Brandy and she says, I'm okay. And then there's a pause. And all of a sudden, imagine what you feel, right? And she goes, I got in a car accident. I got in a wreck. And it was a good one. Uh, it, it was one that, that we don't get the car back. And um, it was scary, you know. She, she airbags the whole thing. She had to c- c- crawl out of the car onto the freeway in Seattle, downtown Seattle. Traffic it wasn't good. And she goes, "I don't know what to do." And I was like, "I don't know either," but I'm driving south. And I, I was praying before for for Nicole to land safely, for Brandy to be safe, and. And the first couple of minutes of the drive, I was just all over the place. You know, like, what do we do? What are we going to do here? And what are we going to do there? What do we, you know? And then all of a sudden, I just decided to praise God because God answered my prayer. I got a call from Nicole. She's hilarious. She's like, this is a problematic situation. See, yes, it is. Because she's not feeling good. And she's at SeaTac for two extra hours than she wanted. But you know what? She's home. Randy is safe. She's not hurt. And all the whole time, I was just praising God for answering my prayer. Changed the circumstance. But what happens is, is when something, when, when you praise, and you, you, then you have the light of Jesus. So when you step into something dark, the dark goes away, because when light enters, dark's gone. and You can carry that with you. I believe, I honestly believe, if we would praise and, thanks and have more thanksgiving in our lives, our circumstance, our life will change. Your hope can be taken away when, when your only hope is in desired results or outcomes that you think is right. But our hope is grounded in the unchanging character and nature of God. And one of the unexpected benefits, honestly, of, of going through difficult times is, is really, it gives us a chance to kind of reevaluate our priorities a lot of times, doesn't it? When I heard, "I'm OK, but," "Work didn't matter." Nothing else mattered. The only thing that mattered was her and my daughter and getting to them as quickly as I could. It changes what you value. And if you're here today and you're discouraged and you're frustrated, you're going through a trial, can I say that today is not the end of the story? What you're going through today is not the end of your story. There's hope for tomorrow. Jeremiah 29 11, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Today's not the end of your story, especially if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. He has a purpose in every storm that we go through. And you may be here, you're going through a storm. There's purpose in that. If you're not going through a storm, you're going to be in one. Or you're just getting out of one. That's just life. But the struggle, the place where you're struggling the most, the place, the storm, is, is if you look, if you, if you take a step back and look for God, that is the place he's going to reveal himself the most. He will reveal himself in ways that he won't otherwise if you look for him in the, in the middle of your mess. It's time to look. Sometimes we have a lot more disappointment in our hearts than hope. But if we knew what tomorrow brought, that would change. I think we need to, to, to understand that, that we're not dictated by circumstances of life and happiness, but we're dictated by what's happened in this book. And in this book, we could draw closer to God. Through prayer, we can draw closer to God. And I know it's just uh, the, that's, that's just preacher 101. Pray more and read your Bible. It works. It works. The further we get from God, the less hope that we have. But the opposite is also true. The closer we get to God, the more hope we have. Look at Job 8.13. Just the first few words there. Those who forget God have no hope. Those who forget God have no hope. See, it doesn't, having hope in God doesn't guarantee that a person's life is gonna be free from trouble. We all gonna have trouble. I mean, people look different, they speak different languages, we we have different backgrounds, but but trials and 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 problems, that's a universal language. We all have to go through that. But what if our trials and our and our issues draw us closer to God instead of us just running away from Him? We can have hope in God. And a lot of times we ask the question, why are you allowing this to happen to me, God? When the question should really be, what is it that you want to teach me? What is it you want to show me? How am I growing through this? Because God has a purpose in your pain. But we have hope in God. If you are away from God, forget God, you have no hope. So we're going to remember God this morning. This is why we have hope this morning. Three reasons. One, we have hope because God is with us. That's the first advent. That's his first arrival. Matthew 1, 21, She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. That's why we can have hope this morning. God came in the flesh for you and I. Also, God is for us. Romans 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who could be against us? What could be against us? What trial can can hurt us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God is for us. And the first advent, the the, the birth of Jesus is the ultimate expression of how how much God really is for you. He came, he lived, he died, he rose again. and, And that's such good news. That's how much he loves you. But another reason why we have hope is because he's coming back. Job 14, three, John 14, three. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you will also be. Where I am, you will also be. Jesus is coming back. That's such good news. This is not our home. The stuff that we're feeling inside, we don't have to feel it, it's not our tomorrow. But because we know what is going to happen tomorrow, that should change the climate of our soul today. God is everything every believer would ever want and he will never let us down. So if advent means arrival, The question I've been working through this week and and the question I'm going to propose to you is, is what area of your life has Jesus not arrived yet? And not because he doesn't want to, but maybe because we're pushing a little bit. Is there an area of your life where you honestly feel like you need more of a savior? But you're focused more on the trial than the truth. You're focused more on circumstance than anything else. You're, you, you think that you could do it yourself and, and you put these walls and these barriers up and Jesus is standing there saying, I want to fully arrive. Those who forget God have no hope. And it's been said, you know, we've heard people say that, what, well, you need four things to survive. You need food and water, air and shelter. If you have those four things, you can survive life. I believe you got to add hope to that, don't you? Because without hope, it's really, really hard to live. And some people decide not to live anymore because of their lack of hope. And a lot of us have hurt because of that. We need to get encouragement and hope right here. Because if you're far away from God, you have no hope. With God, we have everything. A lot of times we look at our future and with uncertainty and doubt and fear and and a lot of times I think if, if we could solve that problem if we just read this book and look back and see what God has already done. Look back in your life and see how faithful God has been to you and hold on to those things instead of being so uncertain about tomorrow. And you look at this and and you wonder, you know, like, well, you don't know what I've been through. You know, I don't... I don't want to read this book. I don't have time to read this book. But yet, you just live your life discouraged and beat up. If you feel like you're struggling and discouraged, I would say read this book, look backwards. And look at what a faithful God can do. You'll see a God that raises dead people. He, 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 he splits the ocean. He, he does so many things. And that God is for you. And you like, well, I, I, got, I, I did life so wrong. And I'm, I'm going through what I'm going through because of the mistakes I've made and stuff like that. This book isn't filled with a bunch of good people who got it right and just lived a blessed life. This book is about a faithful God who made it right for a bunch of people who got it wrong. And if he can do it here, he can do it for you too. Find hope in this book. If you don't spend, Taylor did awesome last week just explaining how he Starts his morning. And I was encouraged because I was watching a lot of you write notes or take pictures of the screen and stuff like that. Now I just want to encourage you to do it. It will change your circumstance. I promise you. And then you can show the world what it looks like to have hope when everyone else is hopeless. So let's have communion together. The worship team, if you guys can come up, people that are serving communion... And as we do, we celebrate communion together. Usually a lot of times we take communion together and, and we'll take the, the bread and the cup together. I, I, and We're gonna get back to that and I wanna do that. But for today, I really just wanna make this a real personal moment with you and the Lord. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna have you guys come out to your left, come up, receive the bread and cup and, and go back to your seat on the right. But I hope that when you guys come up, you come up with a heart full of hope. Heart full of gratitude. And this, is a, this communion is a time for us to, who accepted Jesus Christ to, to, to remember, to look back, it's Advent, we're gonna remember the arrival and we're gonna remember what the cross did for us. If you are here and you're not a believer, I would encourage you, today's the day of salvation for you. That promise of tomorrow that will give you the hope of today can be your reality this morning. So if that's you, while everybody's coming up for communion, I'm gonna ask for you to join me over to the side. I would like to talk to you, pray with you, and then I will serve you your first communion. So will you stand? And before you approach, I want you to think, just just have some, like, Brandon and I, we call it when we have to talk serious, we have a business meeting. Have a business meeting with the Lord. Take some time. Ask God, where have you not fully arrived in my heart and my life yet? Where, where in my heart do I feel like I don't have much hope, much joy? And then think about what God has done and what God has promised and receive that truth for you. And so as you come up, I wanna read one more scripture and we're gonna end this the way we started. And I want you to receive it as a promise to you guys. He will wipe away every tear from your eye. Death shall be no more. There'll be no more mourning, no more crying, nor pain anymore. Church, I pray that that you under, fully understand that that is waiting for you. And I pray that that promise that that is for your tomorrow will change your heart today. So come on up whenever you're ready.